across the margin. Across the margin podcast. hours of early Wednesday morning, when I struggled to make sense of a map of America charged with a gleaming red, indicative of a Republican triumph, that I would have to find the words in a mere few hours to tell my daughter that Donald Trump had been elected President of the United States. My daughter is only five, but even at this puerile age, the narrative of the 2016 election trickled down to her and her classmates. In just kindergarten, the kids spoke of walls, of lofty promises, and of, and of a man that had little regard for those different than him. The story that was playing out was one they could somehow grasp. There was in this tale a villain, essential to any reputable children's tale, and there was an opposing force, who in this case was a woman, something my daughter latched onto with vigor. She and her classmates were well aware that the final confrontation of these two forces was to occur in the shadows of last evening, well past their bedtime, leaving the parents of this politically charged gang of juveniles to furnish the final chapter of the story. And so, in the waning moments of the 2016 presidential election, as Hillary Clinton conceded, I was left terrified, in search of the proper perspective and of the words to explain to my daughter what had happened. I am not alone, I know. I am far from the only person who this morning had to shake it off some, to attempt to put a positive spin on the situation. The first thing I told myself was to let her know things are going to be all right. I told her forthwith when she lobbed the predictable question of Daddy, who won, while still rubbing the sleep from her eyes, that Donald Trump had won, honey, but nothing will change for you, a promise that I cannot earnestly keep. I told her that no matter what she had heard from her classmates, peripherally from evening news or from the conversations of her parents, that Donald Trump would be different once he became president and that everything was going to be okay. I chose a soft landing for my daughter this morning. I took the easy way out. I lied, and I'm not proud of it. But in my defense, I was still coming to grips with the fact that the electorate, in aggregate, endorsed a man whose electoral campaign was rife with hate, lies, disrespect, and improvidence. As I wade sheepishly into, the new into this new political era, it is easy to surmise that the nation has changed. But in fact, this isn't the case. Rather, what has been hiding in plain sight for years on end has materialized in a new light. I've said time and again during Donald Trump's presidential run that we are better than this, that this man, so full of bluster and intolerance and void of class, decency, and love, is not representative of us, the people of the United States. Last evening proved 
that this is decidedly not the case. And this optimistic viewpoint, which I've always been proud of, must now be reshaped to adapt to a new reality. A reality where about half of the country, which I reside in and hold dear, didn't simply overlook misogyny, narcissism, dishonesty, bigotry, nativism, anti-Semitism, xenophobia, but empowered these feelings. As elated as I was when Barack Obama became president, a moment in time where I believe for the first time as an adult that we were forging ahead together as a country is how defeated I feel today. I take comfort in the fact that the United States has been set up with a series of checks and balances that prevent any one person or one arm of government to act with unchecked providence. And I do understand that not every vote cast for Donald Trump was done in acceptance of his revolting behavior. But whether a vote for Donald Trump was done under the guise of voting against Hillary Clinton or as a method of, of uprising against the elites and the faulty political system in place and the status quo, it was done so knowing full well the man that he is. This is a lot for liberals, benevolent Republicans, intelligent minds here at home and abroad to comprehend. Admittedly, I wasn't fully aware of how deep-seated the fear of change was for most Americans. I wasn't entirely in tune with, the, with an anger stirring within the heart of middle America where many felt subjugated by the prodigious social, social change happening in America over the last decade. One of the things I cherish so much about this country, and, and the primary reason I choose to live and work in New York City, is my deep appreciation for diversity. It is impossible to learn anything new from someone who is just like you. And I believe that the more we come together, the more we will grow and become stronger. Ultimately, I believe this is the only way the country and our world will work, through acceptance and understanding. And I feel that the election of Donald Trump spits directly in the face of this idea. Plainly, the premise of making America great again doesn't simply have bigoted undertones, but is blatantly racist and harkens back to the darker days in American history. Donald Trump's election is, in essence, a backlash to eight years of having a black president and the potential of a female one, thus crafting our president-elect as, in part, racism and sexism personified. I had begun to think that with the rise of marriage equality and eight prosperous years under a president who was a minority, that we as a nation were on the up and up, but the line of thinking was but the line was always thin, thinner than I'd imagined, and last night it snapped. I believe today as I did yesterday, that all humans are created equal, that we are all deserving of respect and entitled to the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. <clears throat> and while there is reprieve in knowing that Hillary Clinton did win the popular vote, we are left to hope today that Donald Trump becomes a president in direct contradiction to the man we have seen throughout his entire campaign, who champions not only his impassioned loyalists, but all who reside in this country. All the people he has insulted and dismissed, people of all nationalities and colors. But more importantly than keeping that hope alive, it is high time to become more inspired and more active. It is time to demand truth from the media and our politicians to struggle for the authentic ideals our country was founded upon and those that value human life and dignity and a coexistence with each other and with nature above all else.
So with this in mind, I must retread upon that conversation with my daughter. I must show some guts. I must tell her the truth. I must let her know that while this president does indeed represent many Americans, and he should be respected as commander-in-chief, he doesn't represent who she is. I will tell her that being a good person matters, no matter what your position in life or job title. I will continue to tell her that bigotry is wrong, that all people, whether homosexual, trans, people of all color and creed, are as full of, of as much light and love as she is. I will explain to her, once I figure it out, how this happened, and let her know why it is important to be involved, and that nothing, not even the freedoms she has grown accustomed to, are ever fully safe unless we continually fight for them. Although the country has just elected a man that scoffs in the faith of truth and of science, I would teach her the importance of each. I will teach her how delicate our planet truly is and how the actions of humans can affect it. I will adamantly express the importance of free speech and make sure she realizes her voice matters so very much. And I will make damn sure that she knows that it is not okay to treat women as the president-elect has and that her body is her own and beautiful just the way it is. Welcome to Across the Margin, the podcast, where we take you beyond the margin, behind the scenes of the online magazine and deeper into the stories. Uh, I am Mike Shields. I am your host. And um, since we last spoke, uh, the world, specifically the United States, has, um, has changed tremendously. And we at Across the Margin, um, are, we're keeping our chins up, uh, mostly, um, and what you heard to open this podcast was uh, is something I wrote for um, that, that's, that's at Across the Margin. It's my initial reaction um, to President-elect Trump, still getting used to those words. Um, and I, I wrote that in the, the, the dark of the night uh, after the results came in. And, uh, and obviously I was, I, was, I was pretty shook up. And... Um, I think now, just after a little bit of time has passed, the uh, the biggest thing I'm grappling with is um, is the question, uh, who are we? And um, by we, I, I'm speaking of uh, the people of the United States. Um, as uh, I saw Greg Popovich, who's been speaking out, he's the coach of the San Antonio Spurs, um, and he's he's as he always does, he's speaking his mind and. Um, he, he he said the election leaves me wondering where I've been living and um, with whom, and and that's just that's what I keep questioning as well because uh, I, I started believing that we were we were moving in a certain direction as a country and and starting to understand um, as a majority that we are all deserving of love and now um, well I'm not I'm not sure about anything and um, and. It just it's 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 a confusing time period and uh, and you know at across the margin I'm sure we're going to be discussing it uh, often even a lot of uh it's it's unique a lot of the fiction articles that uh, have been submitted and, and a couple have been published um, they're inspired by uh, what happened and 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 reflect a lot of the divide that that people are feeling and that is obviously real in our country. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll be speaking on it a whole lot. Um, but, I, but I do know one thing, 
and and that it's time to um, rally against hate like never before. Um, it, it's 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 time to get to work in a lot of ways, and um, we need we need to figure out how to uh, come combat uh, some of some of this evil that's kind of infiltrating our government, and because um, it's real and it's happening, and um, we we, we got to figure out what to do, but. Um, but you know what? As hard as it is, it's I'm 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 not gonna stop believing in in, in people and and having hope. Um, I believe in some ways we are still winning. I believe this is uh you know I believe this in light of you know Hillary's uh I think it's over two million now her her popular vote lead meaning, meaning the majority of the country is still. You know, even though forty nine percent of the people didn't fucking vote, um, the majority of the people are, you know, not not with this uh, this this newly elected regime, and um, you know, believe believe in uh, believe in love, and um, and you know, I'm, I'm just not gonna give up hope in people. But there was one um, in that article that I read earlier. It was called "What uh, What Now." And there was a lot of lovely comments from, um, you know, some were friends, some were authors who read it, and just, you know, strangers I haven't met. And uh, one was from um, this beautiful soul, Maureen uh, Onwigby. You know, I'm Maureen, I'm so sorry. I know I just butchered your name. I've never heard it spoken. She's a, a immigrant from Africa. I think she lives in the Midwest. She's, she's uh, I think she's working on a book um, about you know, the process of living in Africa when she was younger than immigrating to America. She's a doctor, very talented person. Um, the expert excerpt on, uh, at Across the Margins called A Letter from, uh, from America. And um, she wrote something which, uh, which had me hopeful. She wrote, your daughter and the rest of the world, especially in Africa, will also learn from the U.S. how to handle a bully. We are proud we are proud to learn from America how not to sit back and take it. And um, what, what I got to thinking there is that, uh, you know, I feel like with what happened, America is probably looked at as a bit of a joke. And, you know, it is embarrassing, but it, she still believed. She still believed in us. And, um, and so will I uh, because of that. I'm, I'm just not going to give up hope on that. So I just want to felt the need to say something there. Um, and in this podcast, we'll obviously, this is, you know, the first since the election. Um, so we're going to speak on it some. So I brought in a guest that, that I love talking to, um, to discuss that and his, his art and, um, a whole lot of other things. Um, Brian Saxon is going to join us. Um, he has been involved in film and television business in the film and television business in New York city for the past two decades. He's the co-owner of eclectic productions and has most recently produced the series Motor City High for Complex, the award-winning short, The Backup Singer, and he um, just produced the the feature film Four Bottles, um, which I got a chance to see, which was excellent. So we're going to talk to Brian now um, about uh, about his art and about so so much more. So I think you'll enjoy this interview. Uh, so Brian, thank you so much for joining us beyond the margin here, man. I'm glad I'm glad to have you and I'm looking forward to it for a while. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, I appreciate and it. And congratulations on the film. 
Yeah. Four, four bottles. Yeah. Speaking of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, thank you. We yeah. are we're happy to have it in the can, and yeah. now we're moving past that that point and submitting to festivals. Sure. And, but That's uh, it, it's, it's a great film. I enjoyed it. I was, I, 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 yeah. Go on, go on. Yeah, uh, I wrote, you know, as you know, and uh, a lot of our readers will know, I wrote an article about it just because, I, as I said, I did enjoy it. And um, I did spend a lot of time when I was writing the article talking about mumblecore. It was, it's a genre that's very dialogue-driven, low-budget. And um, it just, the reason I spent that much time talking about it is it reminded me of some films I love, like Funny Ha Ha, uh, Jeff that lives at home, just like a dialogue-driven narrative, and, and, and right. So it was, it was. Yeah, even uh, I mean, like Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction sure. is so driven by dialogue. Yeah. It was uh, not that that was our, not that that was our inspiration for making this. It's not sure. even a crime movie, nope. but uh, but definitely uh, our director John Payne's, uh, who was also he, the writer. He, he wrote and he wrote right? and directed, and he specifically wrote. He's written a number of scripts, um, and he specifically wrote this one uh, so that it would be easy to produce uh, based on a on a very small budget, which yeah. is what we had. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's the sort of thing, it's a sort of film that was really easy to make. I mean, obviously, I should backtrack on that. Yeah. It wasn't easy to make. No film is easy to make. Sure. It's a very difficult process. Yeah. But this one extended dialogue scenes in apartments is way easier than like you know shooting a fucking action scene okay. underneath the L train at yeah. you know but there is I mean there's gotta be a challenge in making that as well like you said all, all films are you know not a walk in the park but uh yeah, lots of takes when I mean these are pretty extended dialogue scenes these are yeah I mean we very pointed conversations too so uh yeah I mean we would shoot like our biggest scene is a is a, is a, is our main character goes into a, a dinner party a dinner party yeah. that turns out is actually a swingers party sure. and yeah. uh, so there are a lot of a lot of characters in that I think there were at least ten actors yeah. in that scene all kind of going back and forth mm-hmm. I mean that scene took three days to shoot okay. we definitely ran through it we got through the scene in in one. Day, but then the multiple camera angles and yeah. you know how it is. That was, that was great. But it was, it was, it was British guy. Who's that? Um, One of those guys was. Yeah, and was, yeah, Andrew Southern. Yeah. He was uh, he was amazing. He he, he just. I thought was great in that scene. I, like he he just really he stole it a little. Bit. Yeah, um, he that was the type of thing for the amount of for the amount of times that like I screened the film over and over and over every yeah. cut. Every it it just turned into like every time I saw his face, mm-hmm. I just start laughing because. Yeah. Because uh, he's just fucking funny, he's man. Hilarious. He's um, he, he's, he's, he was a scene stealer for sure. One thing I loved about the film too is, uh, you know, being someone who lives in New York now. Um, you know, throughout the film, as the film progresses, uh, the main character she's moving around the city, whether in the subway or just walking. The camera's kind of tailing her a little bit, um, and then she's going to different apartments and places. It just it felt so New York. I think anyone who's you know, not even just from here, who's had a night here, has experienced the feeling, that the vibe that's given off to the film in that way. So it's a nice, it's a tribute to New York. Did he mean it in that way? Uh, absolutely, yeah. And I think, um, I remember I had a, I mean, years ago, I wanted to make, like, a New York film mm-hmm. because I lived there, you yeah. know? And I feel like this one feels like, it feels like a Woody Allen film. Yes, absolutely. Um, it definitely... 
uh, like we there are every interlude where she goes in between apartments she's like eating something she's eating yeah. like a taco from a taco car she's going to Papaya King or um, you know she's eating a hot dog like all these things eating and standing I do that all the time yeah. I'll like have somewhere to go and on my way to the subway yeah. you get something to eat and you like eat and walk um, those little nuances mm-hmm. make it a very New York feeling movie and also I think you know her character or the main character um, uh, she's very much she's going through some shit in her life mm-hmm. uh, one of the one of the things this takes place in the in the winter too and one of the things that I always tell people and this is from personal experience of when I first moved to New York like my first winter in New York you're like out of college or wherever you're moving from and you know you're looking for work and like the city is crazy expensive and you don't have any money and like maybe you're single or like whatever and one of the things I have always told people is like the winters in New York can be really cold yeah. like not just not just physically, not just physically yeah. but it can be cold like they, to they your, have the uh, ability to break a person absolutely uh, and I think this is where her character in this film it, she's at that breaking point yeah. she's just like you know, she didn't get this job that, that she wanted. And, um, now is like, she's turning to her friends over the course of this night to, to talk about it. And this is one of those things. It's just like, does this city break you? Or do you kind of find these alliances Mm -hmm. throughout the city of people that understand you and that are there for you? And that, you know, one of the reasons why people stay is because this city is a Mecca for, intelligence and progressive thinking and you know maybe you moved from Kansas from a small town in Kansas because people like were just too yeah you might have been a freak there and you're just a person right where to quote Hunter S. Thompson like you're just another freak in the freak kingdom here totally no like what you're saying is I and I think I yeah I did write about this in the article um you know there's like a bipolar nature to New York whereas when things are going really good and you're crushing it in New York and like things just things everything's kind of clicking you feel like you're on top of the world it's right really like it's just it's it's you know if you can make it here type thing it's just it's it's a remarkable feeling but if uh, if you're having a tough time and it's like a dark wet day just like just it just it could feel like the city is completely shitting on you and, and, and hard times here can almost feel harder the way I see it. So right. It's you're riding high or you're riding really, really Right. Low. And it could be anything that gets to you. Yeah. I mean, this is like, this is a love-hate relationship. Like, yes. anyone that that's says awesome. like, I love the city so much and it's that's just... That's another that, day. Yeah, like that's like... that's They're talking about moving. That's like know? marriage. Like, yeah. fucking... I just love like... I've been married for 90 years and I just love every fucking day of it. Like, really? Like, no. That's not possible. Yeah, no, I was at the dinner with my sisters the other night and, like, we went into this restaurant and there were some tables open, Mm -hmm. like we could see. And uh, the hostess was just like, yeah, it's going to be an hour and a half wait. (laughs) And I was just like, all right, I'm fucking out of here. And and I stepped outside and I was just like, I fucking hate this city. Like, <laughs> and both my sisters were like, what? Like, I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just, it's but, one of those moments. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's what it does to you. Man. Also in, you know, we were talking about how it's where in New York, the people she does come upon, it's because it's called Four Bottles. And I'm, I'm assuming that's, that's meeting the, four, the people she meets, right? The Four Bottles, the bottles she had. Does she have a bottle of wine in each of them? Or she has a, yes. She basically, like a, she has a bottle of wine, a bottle of 
of alcohol, I should yes. say, because the last one is a bottle of, uh, oh, yeah, of yeah. bourbon or, yeah. or whiskey or something. But um, but, but yeah. But it's like the, the the people she meets are, you know, they're all unique in their their own way. There's it's like an eccentric group of people. It's the type of people that you do come upon in the city. And that's right. Another, another thing that just rang true about you know it's it's New York roots and, and right. You know. It just it, it just had the heartbeat of uh, of the city in it, and I think I, that's, I mean that as, as a high compliment. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, what else, man? So I know um, you have a you have a series on Complex too, right? Uh, yeah, we um, Motor City High. Yeah, that Can you tell was us a little bit about it. Yeah, so that was a series that I produced that uh, um, we had a concept for it. Uh, Complex was cool enough to to buy it from us mm-hmm. and. So you produced it before. Um, so we, we shot, uh, me and my, uh, myself and my producing partners, we shot a, a, a concept, a sizzle for it, um, maybe a year before. Uh, and the idea was to show the medical marijuana business in Detroit. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend named Damien DeStefano that... Is that, what's, what's the situation there with legality? Uh, so we, so we, is, so we shot this last year. Yeah. I still believe Michigan is medical. Okay. I don't know if this last I don't boat, think it was it's gone rec- yeah, recreationally yet. Yeah, so. Um, hopefully it will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hopefully that and every drug goes legal. Yeah. Eventually. Um, but yeah, so... A friend of mine that I went to high school with, he was out in Detroit. I hadn't seen him in 15 years, okay. easily, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was friends with him on, on social media, and uh, he was in the medical marijuana game. He runs a... Producing it? He runs a... He runs a um, uh, what are they called? When you get your cars. Dispensary? Not a dispensary, oh, okay. but like he runs a... I got him blanking on it. You go, you get an evaluation. evaluation. Yeah. So like he sets up, he's the middleman, sets up a doctor. I hate that. I don't know much about the system. Right. Because we live in New York York, and New York is fucking stupid. And like we're behind. This this state can be so progressive in so many ways. It's not in certain ways. Like, and, and even when, um, uh, I'm jealous of Massachusetts. Right. Yeah. (laughs) They they seem to be, they get, they, that's, it's recreational there now. Right. That's uh, unbelievable. I uh, thought New England's were like starch conservatives. Right? So yeah, now people still like all the, we still got to like, you know, do this illegally yeah, here. It's absolutely. crazy. It's, it's insane. Uh, it's, it's a little, it's, I think it's fairly decriminalized in the city at least. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're not, cops I'm are. I'm a lot of people just straight up puffing on the street. Yeah. It's, 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 which is exciting. Do what, absolutely. Do what do. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's definitely... Those people are not causing problems the way people that are drunk do. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah. So anyway, so he runs like a certification clinic. That's the, that's the word. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so he's like the middleman, takes a, takes a doctor, brings patients in, schedules them. My back hurts. I can't sleep. I have depression, blah, blah, blah. Here's your card. Um, And then you, you know, you, you reapply every year. He also has a... um, he also has like a, a clothing store. He's also a grower too. Like a lot of these people are growers out there. Yeah. And like once you're a grower, you can you can sell to a, a set amount of patients. I believe the laws are always changing. So if I'm wrong to uh, any friends in Michigan <laughs> that may listen to this, I'm sorry. 
but yeah, basically the show um, was about. Uh, it's kind of like a Pawn Stars on on weed. Yes, a Pawn Stars for weed. So yeah. different growers come in, talk to Damien, talk to his people. Um, they want to get in a, a club of over twenty percent THC, mm-hmm. and uh, they Damien takes it to the lab. The lab guys test it. Yeah, it's a very go, in the show. You actually go with them into the lab. In, in, into the lab. Yeah. Then. Um, once they get the numbers, uh, once they determine how good the weed is, then they go and they smoke it, um, and then it's like a big smoke session. So it's a very, it's a very nerdy, nerdy show. We'd have, we'd have guests on. We had like Miss High Times on, Miss uh-huh. High Times Michigan, and you know we had rappers like Trick Trick on there, uh-huh. like Detroit rappers, and um, I mean, really, really. Big time smokers. Yeah, no, the weed, the weed out there is silly. like super fucking strong yeah. and potent, and uh, you know a lot of dabs, a lot of the concentrates. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just cool. I, you know, it's, I when I first started watching it, I didn't know that much about you know dabs and concentrates and everything. It was cool. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's educational in that way as well. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I think it's a good. Weed nerd show. Totally. Um, it's not for everyone. Yeah. But uh, it definitely has yeah, its place. Yeah, you have to enjoy weed culture a little bit. Right. Yeah, and, you know, hopefully the legs on that are not done. It didn't yeah. get picked yeah, up for a second season, but we're hoping to... We're oh, hoping. did you do a second season? Second we second? didn't. We did okay. not. Yeah. Um, it still might be in the cards? Uh, yeah, we're like, always, we're always trying to we're always trying to push that. I mean, I think it... Um, I think it could find a... It was a web series. I think it could find a home as a TV series. Absolutely. Um, but... I don't know. I think web series nowadays are fucking like perfect formats, yeah. especially for shows like that, like reality docu style shows. I mean, who the fuck wants to watch an hour long reality show? Yeah, totally. Um, I don't. I mean, maybe people do. Uh, I think so, but it's just it's it's it seems like the perfect amount of uh, amount. Of, it's a perfect fix, really. Right. It's it's. it's, it's you know what? You know what's funny. I was thinking because you're talking about web series, which Motor City High is. And I'll provide a link to uh, to that. It's it's on Complex now. It's on Complex and it's on Complex. Yeah, you, I, YouTube is the best place to do it. Complex's yeah. YouTube page. I'll provide some links um, when, I, when I, I announce this podcast too. But um, I'm sure you could find it on their on their Facebook page as yeah. well. I mean, it was on multiple multiple outlets through the Complex Empire. But uh, yeah, so. Brian and I, um, we're, we're, we've been friends for a while now, um, and just this web series makes me think of it. Uh, the way I actually know you initially is one of my good friends, who's my roommate at the time, was in a web series with you. It was that Funnel of Darkness. Yeah. Which is, um, and, yeah. and, and, and stop me if I'm wrong, but it was a... Uh, it was kind of, it was like a faux reality show, right? It's the mockumentary. Mockumentary style faux yeah. reality show, where... Uh, the, you guys are storm chasers in an RV. Rockstar storm Rockstar, chasers. Rockstar, right? Yes. Yeah, Rockstar yeah, yeah, yeah. storm chasers um, in an RV. And so you're storm chasing and there's interviews in between. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I always knew you as um, the funny guy. Oh, you, thank you. You were the one. Yeah, I, 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 you thank fun, you. You were the funny. And no offense to the rest of the cat. Well, maybe you should have been funnier. <laughs> uh, you, you, were, you were the funny guy in Funnel of Darkness. Is that still on the web? I was you can the other probably day. find it. It was it. on, you know it. what? It was on Daily Motion. Okay. Like, I remember, so that was on IFC. Yeah. That was like, was on IFC, yeah. What year was that? That was like, 
nine, eight years ago, maybe. Yeah, it's got to be. It was like, right around eight or nine years ago. Yeah. Um, and that was it's kind a of fun like premise too. That was dope. Yeah. I mean, you um, guys were actually out there in the country, like. So the yeah, so uh, so the creator of that show, Keith Sasir, who yeah, who that's, that's, that's how that's you knew it connection. from. Yeah. Uh, he. He did a sh- he was on like a real storm chasing show yeah. uh, for a Discovery Channel. I think Discovery Channel. I think Storm Chasers. Yes. Um, and uh, you know, IFC was just like, can you do some sort of you know funny storm sh- yeah. chasing web series? Came up with this. We shot the. I, I helped him shoot the the concept for it. And uh, the de- I remember I was just like, yeah, you know, I want to. Like back then, I was just like, I want to go out there and like chase tornadoes. Like that's what I wanted to. That's the only reason why I wanted to be involved in the project. And like the morning of, I get as I'm like going over to like shoot the the uh, the sizzle for it. I get a call from him. He's just like, "Hey, uh, so are you cool with acting in this?" And I'm just like, "Yeah, like not in the show, but in the in like the uh, the the concept for it." Uh, in the sizzle for it. So I wasn't like, so I was just going to help them shoot it. And that morning he was just oh, like, Oh, you didn't even know you were going to be in it. Right. Okay. You're just working in production. And I'm like, yeah, you. yeah. I'll fucking, yeah. I'll sit in. Have and you had any other acting, acting experience? experience? I was, uh, cause you, maybe pretty natural. <laughs> you, you seem to know what you're doing. That's, uh, I mean like, it just, I know everyone sucks actors dicks and stuff yeah. but like David Cross has a really funny thing about how like acting is you're just fucking pretending yeah. like you just have to you know like people like you when they walk out of your trailer and they throw rose petals all yeah, over yeah. the place and you know but like and then you just like sit there and pretend so be, yeah. um, that being there's, said there's yes that being like, said on, on, on a basic level, I apologize yes, to all my friends who dedicate their life to that craft yeah. and I am the first one to to be amazed at how good some actors are. Yeah. Yeah. So, but for me at least, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, that just kind of, that comes from like a place of like, I'm still like a kid. Yeah. I I still feel like a child all the time anyway. So keep that childlike spirit as long as you can really. Right. So then like I acted in it and, uh, they sent it off to IFC and IFC, you know, I got a call like a month later and they're like, they love it. I'm just like dope. And they're just like, yeah, they loved all of us. Like, and they're just like they want you like fun, in it. it was a fun cast yeah man. so then now uh, you know we went out to Oklahoma we drive a we drove a, a, an RV all the way out to Oklahoma yeah. with like the cast and the crew and we get there and um, the creator of it who was also Keith who was also in it was just like we're gonna we're, he wanted to get very uh, um, what's what's the what's the word Daniel Day Lewis is like uh, uh, method. Method, yeah. yeah. He wanted to get method with yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he was just like, we're going to live in the RV for like two weeks while we shoot this. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, ah, yeah. do we have to? <laughs> and uh, they're just like, we're living in it. I'm like, all right, we'll do that. Yeah. And so it's like five dudes like living in an RV in the parking lot where they had like fucking PAs sleeping in a hotel room. And I'm just and like, and where are the fucking talent, man? <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, the point of being the talent. It was just, it, yeah, that was just a lot of a lot of partying and a lot of drinking. Yeah, totally. And you know, we were playing music, and we actually were. We had like real storm chasers. We were chasing yeah. fucking tornadoes out yeah. there. Oh, did you catch them? Did you? Did uh, you we didn't. We didn't catch any of time, but we were we were driving into the shit. Like yeah. we had, they had like hail guards on the 
on the uh, the windshield mm-hmm. of the car, mm-hmm. and like you get hit with fuckers, like yeah, you know, big, big quarter size. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was cool. That was a cool experience, yeah, it was and it, and it was yeah. funny. I mean, it was yeah. I love that. Like, kind of this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, absolutely. Mockumentary type yeah, of shit. Yeah, it's taking. Yeah, time. you like everyone's taking it. Like the actors are taking it, it like way seriously. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, that's like the main. Well, a friend of mine always said like the the in comedy sometimes the best the best acting performances are the ones that are like so serious. Like. Yeah. Uh, the guy that plays King Arthur in in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, he's like one of the best in that movie because every fucking line he delivers yeah. is so straight and it's deadpan. Like, yeah, he could have he could have acted that yeah. in uh, that could have been a drama, and he yeah. could have given the same fucking same performance. performance. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, I I need to hunt that down. If you can find a link, because I'd like I'd like to revisit. Uh, yeah, I got. I, I seriously was trying. I think I was just the other day. I was I was trying to find it, and I could not. Yeah, I wonder Google, how it holds Google up. Was not hooking me up. Yeah, that was like before. That was like early, early days of yeah. like web series. Yeah. Um, so who knows if it did? I don't. Yeah. It's gotta get on YouTube somehow. Whatever. We'll, I'm. I'm sure we can find. We'll, it. we'll find that sucker, but. Um, I, I apologize as, I mean, there's no way we cannot talk about, uh, and just cause you know, me and you, we always get together and we, we, you know, what we do is we often have some drinks and we talk and it's, it's, so that's another reason I knew you'd be such a great guest to come on. Cause I always enjoy talking to you, Thank but you. you are, you've landed in the unfortunate role of being the first person in here at beyond the margin, um, since, uh, Trump was elected president. There, there was an election. There was an election. Oh, okay. And, uh, All right. We're, we're about a week and a half out. All right. Uh, and and it just it's impossible not to discuss them. And yeah, you know, in the intro, uh, I talked I talked a little bit about it, but um, it just it's just a lot to come to grips with. And yeah, and especially as he's you know he's putting his team together right now, and it just. You know, as upset as I was initially when he got elected, it just seems like the hits keep coming. Oh, and it's it's a fucking <laughs> ball game out there. Every day, you can't you can't look at your phone yeah. or look at your laptop and not be bombarded with just the scariest, most terrifying fucking it news. Just seems, I mean, it just seems that. Even before he's in office, they, just by what he is framing, it just it, the, a lot of the fears that people had going into it just seemed to be coming. And I know that you posted today, and you haven't posted much on your social media today about his choice um, of Myron um, Ebel. Yeah, that um, guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is, uh, you know, he. it's the fears that he will... Uh, dismantle the EPA and and, 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 and but what's what's crazy about him is um, he's not a scientist right he has no degree or qualifications on climate science at all and he he believes like authentically that that climate science is the you know it, it's it's a coordinated global warming movement. It's like a political right. movement against it's it. It's like a conspiracy theory that's, of that's, some that's, that kind. Is, that is yeah, to to those people, I say, well, what's 
What's behind it? Yeah. Like, what are they trying they to want- fucking put? Like, it's all like people that are trying to like make money off of solar panels. And take it away from the oh, fucking that's what you like, like, like what, what, what is our yeah plan? yeah exactly, exactly. People, compared we to, want to save the earth right but compared in their eyes we're what trying to yeah we know what you assholes want to do we just hate gas like, right just, like, yeah like, fucking that. we just want to take the the fucking shittiest jobs from people in West Virginia yeah. like we want we just want coal miners not to have not to work no, yeah that's that, that's, that's, that's the I'm, only it, reason that working has been offending us um yeah so he I mean. His job, uh, his qualification for this, he is the director of global warming environmental policy at, um, I think it's the CIE, the Competitive Enterprise Institute or something. Meaning, this means that his full-time job is trying to discredit the uh, people who understand the science behind global warming. Right. It's his full-time job in he is being chosen by Donald right. Trump. Right. So, all right. So here's here's my thing with Donald Trump, and we like discussed it uh, like a week ago. Well, so I, I was um, I was one of the I don't know um, I wouldn't say few, but I was when Trump was elected. I was not surprised. You, you well, you I, you called it for a while. I I'll said, yeah, that. I you said after it. the primaries, I was like, he's gonna fucking win. Even, like, and and even like, yeah, no, I mean, but early in, you knew he would be the nominee early, like because I, I was like, I was saying this once, no he, yeah, once he this. put down, I think once he put down yeah, Jeb, yeah. I was just like, whoa, because yeah. I was I, going into that, I was like, they're gonna go with Jeb. Yeah. Jeb seems like Jeb seemed like the easy, yeah, easy and he push. got fucking crushed, and and Trump was the one who put him down, right? And he, Trump, um, Trump what even was quoted energy Jeb is what is, is well, and like, Trump also quote the reason why George H W Bush came out against Trump was because. I heard that he was offended because Trump called Jeb an easy kill because he yeah. like put him down oh, after yeah. like a fucking one debate. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that was when I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, like, he just he's, took, he basically took each debate and that each one took aim at like whoever he thought was like his main rival, right? And just was able to break them down by giving them some moniker or just kind of right. So, so I basically I kind of was on this thing of he's going to win. Yeah. My liberal friend, and look, I'm I'm as liberal and progressive as as you can yeah. get, but I never discount um, what this country is made up of yeah. and who lives in this country. And I think a lot of people, a lot of liberals, and a lot of progressives live in a fucking bubble. Being in major, like people in San Francisco and people in New York and people in LA, they like they think that their way that they the, the outlook that they have on the rest of society and the rest of humanity, which is the same outlook I share, that that is shared by more people than it is. Yeah. And uh, I was fascinated by how many liberals, how many of my liberal friends the next day on social media were fucking stunned yeah. that Trump, that's Trump I, won. I, I'm not, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not ashamed of my, you know, I know like, like Michael Moore and like a lot of people and like, and you're saying it now where we're like, Kind of giving people hard time. Why are you shocked? You don't know. I mean, I'm from. I went to school in Southwest Virginia. Right. I know. I you know, like I'm. I'm very aware of uh, a lot of differences, but this just seems so different to me. What I was shocked about is because I, I, in you know this 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 thing I have this this optimism, this belief in people took a little bit of a hit here because I believe right. in people and. I figured that even with knowing the disparities and economics and, and, and 
mentalities throughout the country. I figured enough people, and they did, popular vote speaking, enough people would be offended by the misogyny, the, the bigotry. I just really thought, I thought this well, was that, too much. Okay, so that... This is a lot. That really. did, I, I, am, I am on that too. Yeah. I mean, my biggest one was the, the 42%... Of women, that's amazing. But that that fucking blew that blew my mind. Of woman, that voting, that voting. blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Like just the like Especially the, with the idea. Running. Yeah, you know, like I get I get the idea of like you're a woman in a red state and you live in like you're surrounded by you know all these Republicans and your husband's a Republican and he's like a, a like he's a he's a Trump supporter and yeah. so you say you're a Trump supporter but then like that moment you get into the booth yeah, and you're, you're alone and no one fucking knows yeah. what, who you voted for the the whole like grab him by the pussy thing yeah. and like all all the fucking sexual assault cases that were like Flying out yeah. all over the place still, from that. The thirteen-year-old fucking girl that you know was yeah, accusing him of sexual is, assault. Is that start soon. Is there a case? I don't know. It's uh, I don't know what the last. It's just all been. There's a lot. There's, there's a so lot much that like yeah. you just kind of for, oh well you forget about the fucking yeah. pussy grabbing because now he's like calling Mexicans rapists or blah, yeah. blah, blah. obviously that's a different timeline of those two. Yeah. But so so anyway, like he gets so he gets elected. And everyone, everyone on the left is up in arms. Yeah. And a part of me for like a good week after it, I was kind of like getting down on, on the left. I was just like, what? You had your chance. I was just like, you fucking can't protest now. Your protest should have been in the voting booths. And that, and. Do you know that, uh, like over 50% did Portland have the big, uh, right. Over 50% people who, who were riding did not, did not vote. Right. Right. And And I, a lot of that happened. Of course, of course. And I know that maybe their mindset is, you know, these are states are going to go blue anyways, but you you vote anyways, because that means you get the voice. Also, Hillary's up by like 1.7 million on the popular vote. If all these people are voting, I guess 49% of the country didn't vote. But if people, even in those blue states, that number goes up. And it makes this difference between the popular vote and the electoral vote more extreme. And we can continue that conversation right. and, and move that idea along or get rid of the It all matters. Right. So, and the other thing was, I, I mean, for the longest time, I was just like everything that Trump said, I, you know, every horrible fucked up thing that he said, a part of me was just like, who knows if he even believes this? Yeah. Like he is pandering yeah. to the fucking scum of this country. And, 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 and so once he got elected, I was of the mindset of s- don't fucking protest. Mm-hmm. Be the bigger, be the bigger man here. Be the bigger party because that's what that's what the right would have done. They would have been fucking burning effigies of Hillary yeah. out there. Don't do this. Like, let's give him a shot. Like, we have to, like, let democracy. But Did that, that that fell by the wayside. Yeah, I saw Seth Meyers say, like, that, that, that give him a shot idea has kind of gone out the window. That's gone out the window already. With I think Bannon, Bannon um, with, uh, I mean, just the, the list... The first list from the New York Times I saw of, of cabinet positions, I mean, Secretary of State, Ruli Giuliani. That's still, that's still, a that's still up there. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's still, I that's, just saw. I would, I would, I mean, and I get so emotional about Rudy Giuliani really drives me crazy. I just, he I, was, and, and you know what? And one of the reasons is I think, and I know this from uh, speaking with people personally, whether I, I am speaking of family members in, in, in the Midwest he has a good reputation. He was like, he's still considered like he was a hero at 9-11. He's, he is, I think, I, I forget who, 
I don't know. I think it's I might be quoting John Oliver here. He's a a, a former hero turned professional asshole. Right. Like he is. He is a bigot. He's he is, a bigot. He's, I mean, he was a bigot when he was. I think he's going insane. I yeah, think, probably. I think he's losing his mind. Probably. All the, uh, of the interviews I. Uh, yeah. I also. I, I fucking hate the guy. I don't like him <laughs> at all. He can fuck off. But he also he, like. I mean, he was a bigot. When he was when he was the mayor, yeah, his his Gestapo tactics, fucking sweeping homeless people under the rug, yeah. stop and frisk on minorities, like totally. fuck him. No, he's still he he's, he's, he he wants that nationally, right? Just, yeah, and you know you see other. I mean, the band representing our country, going you know on on from country to country is so sick. Of yeah, it. it's fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you have Bannon, uh, a white nationalist. And I mean, some of the anti-Semitic, yeah. racist. Um, the uh, who's that? Who's Jeff that? Sessions who's that video. fucking asshole from uh, Kansas uh, that is up for? Oh God! What, what, I, it's, they it's, they have like a, a picture of uh, what his. He didn't put like the papers in his folder. Did you see that <laughs> yeah, one? No, I'm not, I'm not even sure you're talking. Where's Jeff Sessions from? He's the Jeff Sessions. Another one. I'm talking. He's the Attorney General. Um, he he was he was denied a federal judiciary seat for being too racist in 1986 by uh, Republicans. Uh, Chris Chris Kobach. Chris Kobach. What's he, the deal? So Department of Homeland Security. So he's in this. So they have this picture of him standing with Trump, and he didn't have his... Oh, I saw something on this. What, what is the deal? Okay, he didn't so come, his, so you can go in and read yeah, what he wrote. so they say... <laughs> did, I mean, this is fucking insane. He he has... Let me see if... Uh, they say what... Uh, the documents... So he had the... Okay, so basically, let me explain. There's, yeah, a, picture, there's a picture taken of uh, Trump and... Uh, this, when they were this, having their meeting to discuss yeah, the possible appointment. Yeah, this fuckhead, Chris Kobach. What would his appointment be? Uh, Department of Home, uh, Homeland Security. Okay. Which they also, that was the another um, piece of shit that was up in the running for that Chris was uh, Joe, Joe Arpaio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who can like... Fucking <laughs> that guy can can go his to hell. He's the big, he's the biggest he's one of the biggest pieces of shit yeah. on on the planet. Yeah. Um, I hope you're listening to this, Joe Arpaio. <laughs> I hope you heard me say that. Uh, so anyway, so this guy Chris Kobach has a has a picture out. He he's standing there with Trump, and he he has um, paperwork that's not in his folder. And th- someone took a picture of it, and you could zoom in on the paperwork. Um, the first point reads. Uh, the document is arranged in a numbered format. The first point reads, bar the entry of potential terrorists. The document calls for updating and reintroducing the national security entry exit registration system. All aliens from high risk areas are tracked. Like it's big fucking yeah. anti-immigration, anti-Muslim. I mean, this is third Reich shit. Absolutely. You're seeing like they're building a fucking fascist state. I mean, and the amount of times I've just heard the word internment camp in the last week, yeah. it's just, it, it's, it's, it's spine chilling. Yeah, it's fucked up. So my whole thing on liberals, you have to like, let democracy take place. Like, give them a chance. Sure. That really did go out the window within a, a week. A little bit. Because, it, it, I, it, 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 like, and, and like Trump had that, there was that, there was the, uh, the video of like Trump and Obama, um, 
like after they had their meeting yeah. and like Trump's sitting there with his like his leg his hands in between his legs and you see on his face like he looked, holy shit he looked, like he he, he looked, looked humbled he looked humbled he did and and I was I'm like maybe like maybe yeah. he'll fucking he'll maybe a lot of people this. even I got a text to my little brother who's a Republican he's scared shitless about this too but he was he was like he's like I think that went okay right <laughs> yeah that went all right um, but like it's it, like politics kind of go out the window a little bit when it's like oh. You know, this ebb and flow of, you know, the, what happens a lot is, is the Republicans have a run. People get sick of that run. The de- then the Democrats. Right. And there's always balance. And we would check each other off. It just, yeah. it becomes a difference when they're fucking putting true evil at the forefront. And then like. Right. But d- you know, don't forget. I mean, that's. I mean, look, I was in my 20s during the Bush years. Bush years and yeah. like, I remember. Um, I remember. <laughs> The Bush years, I was just fucking angry it's, all the time, and like, now and now people are getting angry at this. I see a lot of younger people, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, you were yeah, you were an adult during the Bush. And like, I remember my father. Like, that almost seemed like it was like more of like a imperialistic, like take over the world type uh, group. Like, I mean, is that what's is what's like, is that? Is this like just this like racist more like like well it's, and it's like, it, what is our country supposed to be though That's okay so here's the thing to They're that seeing our to, country as something different than i see our country to is. that i would say um the the difference between that is you're looking at it from an imperialist point of view whereas right now this is like a f- more affecting us nationally to that i would argue um the importance i i'm i'm I'll say it like I think patriotism and I think nationalism are archaic ideas. I think I think they're trouble. More people die over these ideas. I think I think we have to like abandon these these concepts of drawing lines. They're all fucking imaginary lines, right? And you know what? Like what happens in the Sudan affects what happens. In the United States, what happens in North Korea affects what happens in the United States. So this idea that like that like well Bush was fucked up because they were invading Iraq and they were invading Afghanistan and they're fucking like you know they're doing all this shit. But it's not it's not it's not affecting Americans as much now. It's affecting Americans because they want to they want to attack Muslims. But it's all affecting everyone. So I think yeah I you know I lived through the evil of Bush and Cheney Mm -hmm. Um, that fucked me up. But I remember like my father. Was you know who lived through like the Nixon? Yeah, he was just like it's all cyclical, and I think it takes. um, I think we couldn't have had Bush. We couldn't have had Obama without someone like Bush fucking things up for a black man to get elected. And now that we have had Obama, who I would argue, and I think a lot could, is going to be viewed at as like a monumentally historic, positive force in American politics. I think at the end of the day for there are obviously plenty of things that I disagreed with but sure. like the amount of pros that that man did for this country pretty is pretty remarkable yeah, he's an amazing man ways, he's an amazing man but don't discount the fact that he's black and I, I think feel, that it shows how remarkable of a human being is uh, to get elected twice like right, the second guy. one was yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. He's the Jackie Robinson of politics, yeah. and um, but I think that we that we on the left got complacent. Not enough people showed up for the midterm elections um, be, in two thousand six. Yeah. Not enough, Every or in two thousand. Bad track record. What year? Showing what year? Up on uh, midterm elections. Right. Um, what year was that? Not 2006, 2014. 14, yeah. Um, and then 2016, not enough showed up and enough fucking mouth breathers 
from the from the red states that were just can't take it that a black man is in office and that Mexicans are coming and taking their jobs and that Muslims are are wearing hijabs in in like cities around America they just couldn't take it and that is who Trump like who his rhetoric was directed yeah. to the, that's I mean and that's what that's how Hitler came to power in in Germany in the in the uh, in the 30s, like you get a population of the country that feels like they've been slighted, and you know that that feels like their country has been taken away from them, and then you get someone that is able to stir the pot of fear and hate, and just that fucking works. It fucking works. Yeah. Uh, um. But I was, we got to, yeah, man, no, like, sun's going to rise. Sun's going to rise. Sun's going to rise. We got it. But like, but like, this is just scary in a way that like, it, I, it's, it's one of those things, you know, I've heard some people and, and they're in a place of privilege enough to say, look, it's going to go on, move on. But like some of these, some of these things, whether it's to immigrants, whether it's, you know, to any people of color, their life. LBGT uh, community. LBGT. Their 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 life is their 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 physical well being is going to be threatened by some of the ideas that are moving forward, and that's fucked up and not okay. Uh, Jeff Sessions is another one I would talk about the Attorney General, just because we we were speaking a little bit just per chance about marijuana. Do you know? I mean, he's a racist. He was the guy who was a federal. Um, he was denied a federal judiciary seat for being too racist and right. uh, by Republicans, which is, means you're fucking pretty damn racist. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, he has a very hard stand against immigration, um, but he is a hardcore, I don't know if you've ever seen him talk about marijuana, a hardcore opponent of marijuana legislation. And here's the fear, though. Um, so a lot of the states are, are, are you know, are voting for whether medical or recreational, and it's 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 been good for the states. Colorado's like the amount of money they brought in, um, you know, it's 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 been an economic boost right. for the states, and it's proved. Duh. And it's not like duh, and yeah. it's not, and, it, and it's not like hell has broken loose. Like of course just not. Fucking probably feeling better about right. things, and um, those state measures. One of the things that was um, that helps those is because like. Federally, they kind of decided in 2013, there's a member, uh, memorandum written that like kind of alluded to, you know, tolerated, tolerating state, uh, state regular, regulated um, medical dispensaries and stuff like that. It's, right. it's, it's kind of let them do on a statewide thing. But he, he, he you know, a powerful attorney general can wipe away some memorandum, memorandum like that. Um, he can affect the state rights of this policy, and it, it, he, I think he would because he's such. Right. Should hear him talk about marijuana. It's he just he he believes it undoubtedly is it leads to other drug use. It leads to of, criminal activity. Of course, of course. So, um, I wonder how much stock he has in pharmaceutical yeah, companies. Absolutely. I mean, that's, like that's that's a big deal with it. The, 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 of the course, war on medical marijuana is. Because you're taking out of the pocket of, of these harder drugs that they're selling. Of course. I mean, look at uh, the rise in heroin use in this country is yeah. directly attributed to, to the, to the, to the push of Oxycontin by yeah. the pharmaceutical all, industry. All opiates, yeah. um, marijuana is a cleaner 
non-addictive, natural, natural natural pain reliever, uh, depending on the types that you smoke. Um, Smoke or eat. Or eat. Whatever. There's lots of different ways to do it. Um, And yeah, it's, uh, I mean, they will fight it. Yep. Tobacco companies will fight it. Yep. Alcohol companies will fight it yep. uh, until it's made legal, and then they'll they'll jump on they'll the fucking they'll jump on the bandwagon Mar- like Mar- like Mar- the, Mar- 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 like the fucking vampires that they are. Um, yeah, I mean the the idea that there's something on this planet that was grown from this planet, mm-hmm. and it's just there, you know, and yeah. we were we're part of this ecosystem and for some reason human beings took that away from us and said you can't ingest what is grown from this earth yeah is fucking mind-blowingly stupid yeah it's and it's also it, it's i mean the idea that like a human being can't do what they want with their body when they're not hurting anybody else of course it's fucking Ludicrous. Yeah. That, um, Sessions is the guy that, like, grew up his whole life in, um, high school and college and was never invited into the back room <laughs> yeah. at a party yeah. where people were doing, like, magical substances and stuff. I also, like, I mean, like, him and Giuliani. Had, you look at them, like, have they ever really given a woman an orgasm like they're like you look at you look at you look at Giuliani like how right like you look at you look at Giuliani and you're just like has he ever really pleased a woman or is it just like and and it's not that it's that's that's got to be the answer to why he's such a raging asshole yeah because uh because he knows he's inadequate and like that so he's gonna He's, he's got to find his yeah. accuracy, his, his power somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you're listening, Giuliani, yeah, fuck you, dude. Uh, so you are literally the uh, most well-traveled person I know. Um, you're always on the move. Uh, how, wait, how many countries? Have you ever done the number or anything like that? Uh, the know, that's probably the like, last time I did the number was... It was over 40. Yeah. Um, crazy. I'm like five. I think I'm over 50 now at this point. Yeah. Um, Which is unbelievable. But um, what do you think, just from your viewpoint of, of being so well-traveled, how, how are we going to be looked at, just to kind of uh, kind of conclude this Trump thing, I can't, we can go on that, but like, how do you think the world, and I, I know it varies differently from location to location, how, how are we looked at in this? This, uh, is, this is embarrassing. It, it's embarrassing. It's, it's embarrassing. not going to be good. Um, yeah. I can say that, you know, during the Bush years when I was traveling to other yeah. countries, Bush was like frowned upon. Yeah. Uh, I can say during my entire eight years of traveling under Obama, I have there. never heard a single person say something ill about Obama from another country. That's one of the things that... I, Americans Americans are super closed off from the rest of the planet. Yeah. I think a lot of them. I, yeah, I agree. A, a, lot of my, a lot of people that I associate with yeah. are definitely like travelers mm-hmm. like I am. They recognize the importance of empathy. Of gaining perspective. Of perspective. Yeah. Um, I've been to a bunch of com- countries in the Middle East and, you know, the perspective. You were recently in Iran. I was in, I was in Iran. Yeah. Um, that was kind of one of the... That was by far the the most remote and cut off place. I mean, people when I got back and there, I was just like, hey, I was actually just in Iran. There, 
people like do a double, like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, they're like, were you there for work? I'm like, no, no. Uh, vacation. Like, well, you, don't, um, you, don't, uh, you don't have a summer home in Tehran? It's, yeah. it, it's great this time of year. But, but it was um, a very positive experience. It was one that. of the, uh, the people that I met in Iran were, hands down, some of the kindest, warmest, yeah. friendliest people I've ever met on the planet. Um, there, isn't, there isn't a lot of tourism there. So they're not like you're walking through markets. People aren't trying to like push stuff on you like, it, uh, you know, in other places they do. So the the interactions you have with them are, are very genuine. Like they actually first of all, they see a, a white person. They immediately are drawn to it. They want to know what's up. There's not I didn't run into another American there for the two weeks that I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you're going through and they, they want to know like, oh, where are you from? And then they find out that you're American and their their face like lights up and they're like, oh, you must come to my 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 home tonight and my wife will cook dinner for you. And, you know, we that would happen multiple times a day. I bet this a surprise to many people how, they, how inviting, how warm they were, you, are towards Americans, or at least in your case. Yeah, my, uh, my girl and I were in Esfahan mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of left our group and we're walking around at night. And we're in this uh, this big square, and this family, this woman came over to us with her son, and there was, she was she was like, "My son is learning to speak English. Could he speak with you?" And I'm like, "Of course." Yeah. And so I'm talking with this 14 year old kid, and um, they're they're enamored, you know, like yeah. they find out they're that we're American. They can't believe that an American is in their country, and they were just like, "Will you come and sit with my family? We're having a picnic." And so I go over there and it's like a fucking 20 person extended family. They gave us watermelon. We're sitting there. They're asking us questions. And, um, because you know, they're fucking people like they're human beings. And this idea that there's 78 million people in that country. Mm -hmm. And for some reason they all hate us and they're all part of ISIS. Um, yeah, I had, I had people telling me, don't go. Like, don't, they're fucking, they want to hurt us. And I'm like, no, they don't, asshole. Like, Mm -hmm. human beings, most human beings don't want to hurt other human beings. And this idea, again, patriotism, nationalism, that we are somehow better in this country than this this other country over there because our two uh, governments don't get along with each other. And you are sitting at your home and you're watching this stupid fucking box Mm -hmm. that is telling you all this information to fear. That that their differences. Uh, um, I would say, based on my personal experience, that like you don't know what you're fucking talking about. Mm -hmm. Like people are good, and we're all we're all part of this, you know, organism on this planet. Mm -hmm. Like all, like all of us, we're all the fucking same. Like those people in North Korea that don't that just think that you know because there's a government run media and they're only told what what they're supposed to believe like those people are still good people yeah, totally. you know these people in Iran that the the women have to wear hijabs and uh they they're uh it's a very restrictive government that doesn't mean that they like that shit i mean there are things like in this government that we don't fucking like and that doesn't make us bad people because yeah, I mean, your government does not define you anyways. I think I know a lot of people who are traveling, in, and you mentioned the Bush years, 
And I would ask him the same questions about, you know, what is, what is the viewpoint over there? And one thing that would come back a lot is that, like, they fucking hate Bush. They hate the government. They yeah. don't hate Americans. Cause right. They meet, especially the type of Americans who are out there trying to educate themselves and see the world and gain perspective. They, you know, they, the people, they met them and they're like, they're, they're cool people. Right. People. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, and one of the other things is that I found interesting, um, and I haven't found this in other countries. Uh, people in other countries do love Americans. Yeah. That is like a, generally across the board. People like their eyes light up when you're when they find out you're American. Whether you're in, um, whether you're in like a, a, a progressive kind of uh, European, uh, what's the word? Developed country. Developed country. Yes. Or if you're in a third world country, yeah. which I've been to a lot of third world countries, yeah. like. People fucking love America. America is still a a uh, an idea yeah. to them. This idea that like you can be great there, anyone can be great there. Um, in Iran, I did find something that they did that I didn't, I don't see in a lot of other places. Is they said when you go home, please tell your friends and your family that Iran loves them. I love like, that. Everyone said that. that. And I was That's like... your mission now, I was man. like, yeah. You, I'm, glad you're, I'm glad I brought up yeah. here. It's, it, you have to let people know that. Of course, and yeah. I have. Like, yeah. It, um, yeah, I, you know, I remember my, my girlfriend's mother, she was kind of hesitant about us going over She's there. Worried, she was worried. Yeah, my yeah. dad My dad was fucking Absolutely. worried. My, like, it, there is a stigma. Yeah. Your father, you know, like... Sure, yeah. absolutely. Um... So, but then we got back and then like we showed pictures and we talked about it and she was just like, I kind of want to go there. I'm yeah. like, you fucking should. You should, you should exactly. Um, no booze. That was tough. Yeah. Probably good. I'm not going to lie. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Probably good. I came back and people were, uh, like one of the first people I said, they were just like, did you lose weight? I'm just like, yeah, I, 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 I drank, man. <laughs> I, did. I guess so. <laughs> um, what's the most beautiful place you've been? Um, hmm. That's a very that's a sweeping question. Yeah, just something that pops up. Uh, Ha Long Bay in Vietnam is pretty incredible. Yeah. Machu Picchu in Peru, uh-huh. uh, Cape Town, yeah. city of Cape Town in South Africa is is you show me pictures. Fucking it's, crazy. That, 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 the walls, the, the, the it's the, yeah, the, it's the, like it's mountains, a yeah. huge plateau behind the city yeah. called Table Mountain. Um, so it that's blocks Table, Table Mountain. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause a lot of times the, the, the clouds sit on top of it and it's like they roll off the, the mountain mm-hmm. and it looks like a tablecloth yeah, on top cool. of a mountain. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty tripped out. Yeah. Um, but then there's and the ocean. Right on the beach there too. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you can, you can hike these insane mountains in the middle of the day, like kind of lush, almost rainforesty. And then watch the sunset on the beach. Yeah. And like drink, you know, whatever you're drinking and sundowners as South Africans call it. Yeah. Which is, uh, which we need to pick up. In America, here sundowners, the term sundowners for a drink that a you drink at, at sunset. Um, yeah, the uh, the Sahara Desert. I went to uh, in Morocco, the uh, outside of Merzouga. Yeah, like rode camels and just fucking sand dunes everywhere you see, yeah. just sand, uh, which like at sunset turns from like pink to orange to oh, wow. red. So. Yeah, I wouldn't say like one. Yeah, it's a pot. It was, it was one it was, country. It was a trick question. Yeah. Awesome. What's the craziest? Did you get your Anthony Bourdain? What's the craziest thing you've ever eaten? Uh, yeah, I've eaten a lot of weird shit. Um, I ate, uh, ate. I've eaten horse in like Japan. I've eaten uh, 
uh, calf brain. Oh shit! And uh, uh, and then uh, the Gemma, the Gemma, the Gemma Alphana market in, in Marrakesh. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's like these street uh, vendors at night, and uh, they have like a huge cauldron, and uh, they take a fucking calf head out of it, Jesus. split it open, and then you eat the brain. Um, which My is good. Is, I mean, brain, all, brain's pretty good. Yeah, brains. It's a weird substance, um, but consistency, consistency. Yeah, off, yeah. Um, and then yeah, I've eaten like bugs in Thailand. I you ate, ate a beating heart. I ate a beating snake heart. It was a snake, cut, heart, yeah. was a snake heart that was cut out of a snake right in front of you, and then they bleed the snake out. Okay, into like a shot. And oh, then, so you're drinking, drinking the blood with it. So you take the, so I, so I was like, I, you, you can do this sort of thing. And we were leaving Hanoi and, uh, it's like big in Hanoi to do it. And, um, we had a flight that, that afternoon, but I was telling my girl, I was just like, I want to do this. Um, the only time we could do it was like 10 in the morning. So it was a fucking aggressive breakfast to, to eat a beating snake heart. Yeah. And you go and you pick out. The snake it's a very aggressive. Yeah, and so they had. You can eat cobra, or you could eat. Uh, oh, you could choose your snake. Yeah, the the other one, the one that I ate was like a. Oh, fuck, I, uh, I forget what kind of snake it yep. was. The cobra apparently the meat isn't that good. Okay, it's more expensive. Um, they were like, you should eat the yeah. the other snake. This is a good start. Yeah, snake. Um, yeah. So they cut they cut it out, and my girl was like filming it, and I just look over, and like I could see her turning green because they just like they 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 don't give you warning. So how they just how they, like be. or they don't like say like okay we're gonna do it now. Oh, they, just, <laughs> they just pulled it out and, <laughs> and like slit slit the yeah. slit it open, pull the heart out, put the heart on a dish. The heart is still beating. Yeah. Then they bleed out the snake. They pour the blood they mix it into like a blood wine and the heart's still beating you eat the heart and then you, and then you shoot do the, a shot of the the, the blood yeah that's for real and yeah and then like it, it tastes like like if you got punched in the mouth and you it you could taste your blood, blood yeah, that's like what it that. tastes like yeah. and um then they take the snake back and they prepare it into like nine different dishes wow. some of them are good some of them are gross yeah. like make like little spring rolls out of like the skin and shit and uh yeah, it was good. Nice finger rolls. Um, yeah, I uh, but food. I, I love food, um, and I think that just because you grew up in a in a household that like only ate you know steak and potatoes or pasta, something yeah. pasta or whatever, like just because you're not from a bug eating country, and there are bug eating countries. Yeah, like sure. I, you know, like I was in Thailand, I ate a fucking bug that was. Like this big, oh, I'm like four, four, five, four, four or five inches. inches yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, didn't like. Just, it, that's completely normal to, yeah. to certain cultures. Totally. It's just to eat bugs. It's protein, yeah. um, and if you prepare it correctly, yeah, I have little fried bug, like dishes of like fried bugs. Yeah, like, like a bar. Like, I say like, like when I ate that, I ate a, a, a whole frog that was oh, you know shit. yeah, yeah. and just like whole frog, just just fried, fried and uh, yeah, you just eat it in like one bite. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. Man. I mean, yeah, yeah. What's what's what what's your inspiration for traveling? You just want to see as much as you can, experience yeah. as much as you can. Well, yeah, I, d- I definitely. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I want to see the world. Yeah, uh, I want to experience as much as I can. This mm-hmm. life is it's pretty pretty incredible. Yeah, um, I definitely. I mean, 
I want to go to space someday and uh, I want to uh, jump off bridges and jump out of airplanes yeah. and like fucking dive. Yeah, you're not just a traveler, you're kind of an adventurer. Yeah, you know, I want to I want to dive with great white sharks and shit. Yeah. Like this is all like stuff that I have done. Swim with whales is on the horizon. So, yeah, so yeah, I'm going to Sri Lanka in January. And yeah. One of the things you could do there is swim with blue whales. That's crazy. They, they kind of tri- they triangulate where the whales come from, uh-huh. and then there's like, all right, there's a blue whale, and then you jump out. Hopefully, I'll see them. One of the things that I've found with like trying to see animals in nature, which um, that's uh, that's something I highly recommend. Yeah, uh, I just saw this documentary on Netflix, The Ivory Game. Uh-huh. Their fucking African elephant is being killed like yeah. every 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, they're saying by like 2015 there will be still buying fucking the the Chinese the fucking Chinese yeah it's It's the only country in the world where the ivory trade is legal legal. so even though it's illegal in you know Kenya and Botswana and and, and South Africa and all the other African countries where the the African elephant is roaming free you create you're creating a demand totally so the, and the I'm sure there's the, a pipeline of how to get it from there to there oh it's there. a huge it's it's, it's a up. huge black market yep. just like drugs yep. are but it's just these fucking assholes in the Chinese government are they could put a stop to it absolutely and they're not um they're gonna fucking wipe them all out yeah straight up yeah which uh you know human beings are good at that because yeah. we're a, we're a virus on this planet <laughs> We are. Oh, yeah, it's that line from the Matrix. I'm, I'm only laughing because it's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, that line from the Matrix where he's just like, he's uh, Mr. Smith is telling um, Morpheus, he's just like human beings are a disease. Yeah. He's just like the only. He's like the only other, um, the only other specimen on this planet that does what human beings does mm-hmm. is a virus, and. Um, virus needs to be stopped and they are the AI that is prepared yeah. to stop the virus which I think is probably going to be our demise too probably closer than we think absolutely like, but the things that are that's a whole other podcast with the things that uh, that are occurring with AI I'm fascinated with yeah I had a matrix moment the other day I was listening to um, a Joe Rogan podcast I know you've recently gotten Joe um, which we've got to talk about and Dr. Trostle as well yeah. but um so Joe Rogan is talking to uh, uh, Scott Adams is his name. He created the Dilbert cartoon. Right, kind of a fascinating guy. He, he I've liked, seen. He was on. Uh, he was on Bill Maher actually. Was he? Yeah, I think that if that if I Pro- prob- probably he, isn't he um isn't he like really into the study of of con artists? He might be. Like it's just like a three hour podcast. I only I only did like. Uh, the first hour and a half. He's like you, he, he saw Trump coming for uh, miles away. He actually he's, he was on the record very early on and, and describing why. And he said like he he's, I think he actually I think he voted for Trump and it's a, it was a very Oh really highbrow way of describing he, he liked certain facets of it. Like, oh I'm just, I'm then I'm thinking of someone else maybe. Yeah I could have sworn it was Dilbert but he, he was able to talk about it and, and he's a very, very intelligent man. But to finish that thought, he one of the things he believes in is um, or buys into the possibility of is the reality of um, this being a simulated program. Do you know that? Yeah. Do you know those theories? Yeah. It's totally cool. Um, but so I'm, I'm listening to it. I'm actually running through Prospect Park, and it was like the most beautiful day. It was like Saturday. It was Saturday nice because Sunday was the we were together. It was yeah. Saturday. Saturday was Saturday was, Saturday was absolutely awesome. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Perfect fall day. So like. 
I'm like at this bend in this run, and there's just so many people out there running, people walking across. And as I'm hearing like him talk about simulate reality, it almost looked like everything, everything just looked like all the people's movements and everything to me at that one moment almost looked like it was so uniform and everything was moving so, you know, just just purposefully in this in different directions. It just it looked like almost code right across the screen. Right, like it just I was able to visualize what he's talking about. Uh, in some way. Right. Because uh, it's a fucked up theory. It's cool. You're right. Uh, I mean, our reality is the only, the one, the reality that we know yeah. as we're walking around is is only what our brains. We, we each individually are creating our own reality. Right. And that's what's, what, that's what's interesting. To, and it, 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 it's something that the idea of realities and different realities is so poignant right now with with, you know, we were speaking of it earlier, the reality that some of us have in these more liberal places as, as opposed to these reality of people who are watching Fox News every day right. and, and living in these these communities where the wealth, all this all this great job movement and all this money that has, you know, happened during these past eight years, it did not trickle down to them. Right. So they're living this certain... Obama recently was saying that um, if he watched Fox News every single day... As well, he's like, I fucking hate me. He's like, I of would, course, I would think I'm the worst president as well either. So, of it's course, these these different perspectives, uh, it's it's important to um, think about. But I mean, it just it's, I, lo- I love that idea of like Obama hating himself. Yeah, yeah. he's just in the White House. It's just like I'm doing a terrible yeah. job. This yeah, is, this is the worst. Um, Fuck, am I that bad? Am I, is that am I, is this it? Is people hate me this much. <laughs> Uh, he's done a hell, hell of a job, but um, yeah. It's, oh, can we just like at this moment take this time to just to say fuck you to Sean Hannity? Now that we have an open yeah, mic, please. No, we don't have to say anything else. Any shots, just no, just fucking <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck you, Hannity. <laughs> fuck you, Sean Hannity. Um, I hope you're listening. Yeah, that would be, that's. I mean, well, that's one thing I love about uh, listening to Rogan, and I, I'd love to talk about it more with you on some other podcasts at some point, Rogan and. Duncan and they, they, you know, they dissect uh, different perspectives and different ideas of what reality is. Because I mean, isn't that what we're all trying to figure out? Is right. It, what, what what it is and all the different options I, and it's just yeah, it's I, such a big idea. I I love, um, I love the I went through like every Rogan Trussell. Yeah, you did. The, I went through like yeah, I did other. like a fifteen hour. Yeah block just not like at one time but you know anytime I'd be home doing something I'd be like doing the dishes and yeah. that shit would be on and um, I think it was driving my girlfriend a little nuts yeah. she was just like <laughs> like at certain points she was just like do they even know what they're talking about I'm like a lot of this shit is theory but yeah, totally. um, but uh, I love like Duncan Trussell's uh, take on his he's a proponent for psychedelics yeah. um, but he's also a big proponent for technology and the melding of the two VR. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of the times when people do, uh, acid or, or mushrooms or, um, uh, ayahuasca or peyote, it's all about like getting away from technology and being in particularly like in, in nature. Mm -hmm. He's very much like, utilizing the two of them together and like not to fight what we're turning into um 
as far as how technology is going to be affecting us. I mean, he was he was saying something. The one that I was listening to is uh, about like cars that like the, they're talking about the self driving Tesla yeah. cars, and he was just like, "Yeah, you're he's, basically going to get into he's he's yeah." Fine, he's yeah. just like, "Don't fight that. You're going to get mm-hmm. into your pod." And you're going to be wearing your VR goggles yeah. and like you're going to be sitting there and like there's going to be hot chicks like serving you and yeah. like the landscape, you could turn it Even into like whatever it is. reality where and, you're driving around and like the things that are popping up, the advertisements. Right, right. And Rogan's just like, well, aren't, aren't you going to miss like, you know, your fucking driving gloves? Yeah. And he's, he's just like, like no, he's just like, he's that. just like, I mean, maybe like <laughs> yeah. the same way that that horse and carriage drivers are like, well, I'm going to miss the uh, whipping, this horse. The whi- <laughs> whipping the horse. Yeah. Um, so that I is- think so I think that's super interesting um, that you're taking you're t- you're taking two different like two different entities, Psy- psychedelics and, and you're taking and you're taking a. Uh, uh, Technology and you're using both of them yeah. to not only alter your the reality that you live in, but also to to learn more about maybe there's well, other realities on different yeah. playing fields and what you're you than what them, you're you used see them to. Both as as tools, right? To, to to coming to some sort of truth or, or finding out different possibilities. Right. So, which yeah, I mean like. Uh, Rogan is super into DMT, yeah. and like DMT is that is a that is opening up uh, doors to other realities, to different like planes of existence, if if you will. Yeah. Um, it's not. I don't know if it's like. Is it creating a new reality for you, or is it simply like opening your eyes to the fact that like you are temporarily blind when you're walking around in like your your current like natural state you utilizing things like ayahuasca or things like dmt are like opening up parts of your brain to make you experience it tapping into something or is it or Or is it tapping into something inside of you or inside yeah or is it creating something false yeah um i mean but that's what they talk about a lot too and i think they do a great job when they're discussing it is whatever that moment is whatever that thought is whether it's like it is say it's false it's still real in that it happened and you had that experience and, and whatever you're taking away from it is real. Right. You know what I mean? So like, right, right. Yeah. A lot of people like you say, you're, you're talking about this amazing experience you had on drugs, Mm -hmm. you know, like you, you, you saw this, tree do something other than like yo man you're but just you're on drugs, drugs. yeah you're but, on, like, but dismissing that right. and you're like no yeah man, by that that's a real moment by, the, by that rationale affected me right by that rationale if you were in a car accident your fucking adrenaline spikes that is a drug like yeah. like adrenaline is a crazy drug like if you've ever jumped out of an airplane the rush you get from oh, that jumping out of a perfect yeah. airplane yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I've done it a I couple times I've done it a couple times and um yeah that fucking adrenaline is a great drug like yeah. it's just as good I, as you as as other ones so but the experience yeah but like the experience that you're having in that like would you discount that experience because like oh well your fucking adrenaline oh, was going you don't know like yeah. no that fucking happens so yeah. like my so like you're like what happens to your heart when you jump out of an airplane or what happens to your heart when you're on an acid trip yeah. and um it distorts your reality like that adrenaline will distort your reality people get in fucking car accidents and miraculously like lift up a fucking car because their adrenaline is surging through their body like that is not your normal reality but it's still like it is a reality 
to you as it's happening. Absolutely. So you can't. It, does, it you, doesn't make it less real. So you can't discount, you know, something that amazing that happens to you while you're on mushrooms. Like yeah. it's that's uh, that's still. Definitely. That's still real. It's, it's very it's real. Absolutely real. It's the reason people do them. Right, right. To, to have those experiences. Right. To, to give themselves a, a different viewpoint. It's, it's more people should. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. More people should. Fucking... What about my friend Paul? Has it, are we like... And of course, 100%, Rudy Giuliani has never done never, any no, of that no, shit. Not, not only has he not given yeah. a, a woman an orgasm, there's yeah. no way he had a magical mushroom. No. And he's never done... Both of them at the same time. Because yeah. if he was, if he did, he'd be way, Dude, way be cool. less of an asshole. I want him to be Secretary of State, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, we wouldn't, friends, but... Uh, Paul Gukowski, he just recently did an excellent one-man show as part of a solo con um, just here in the city recently. And it was it was, it was was uh, Get Woke, White America. He's a social worker. He's actually been on this podcast. We talked about race with him. Um, and he's very in tune with... with uh, he made a joke that, that his whole career has, has been based on his white guilt right. but he was trying to think of uh, and it was just a joke uh, but he's like I have a solution for this and it's just like I need everybody I'll get everybody in groups of like seven or eight and you know I get a night with them all and it's magic mushrooms on the beach and I'll just I'll talk to him and I'll, he's like I can sort this out and right. it's, it's I mean that's apropos to what we're saying right. I mean there's 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 truth in getting your mind blown open and your uh, you know reality torn up a little bit to to come back to to uh, to some to some awakeness right some, some I mean insight. yeah that's the same that's the same concept as what we were talking about before as as travel yeah you are you are getting a different perspective you are gaining empathy yeah um, Which I I talk about empathy a lot here uh, I feel like it's if you were to, if we were able to find out what word I've used most on this podcast, it's empathy. Right. Like I yeah, it's I, the most powerful thing in the world. Yeah, I had a yeah post election. I was just like, well, well instead of freaking out, yeah. maybe we should look at it from the people from the people of, of from Trump's camp from their from their supporters. I'm like just, what? You know what I'm trying so hard to do that, and I just and and you know and, and I, just, I read a great article in the New Yorker. It had the New Yorker right after it had like 17 different reactions from the great. Authors and one of them was talked about these two very smart women in Colorado and just kind of why they voted for Trump and it was open my eyes some and I just can't stop coming back to the fact and I it, I feel like it's I hope this 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 dulls a little bit but I'm still like fuck you because like right. you yeah. helped in a, 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 a bigoted misogynistic internet troll become president right. like you did that right. and like and like and I know. A lot of these people wanted to maybe just like you know light a match and set the whole thing on fire, but they turned a blind eye to a lot of people uh, who are in downtrodden positions in this country right. who are going to be shit on even more. Right. And you just look the other way. Right. So it's hard for me. Right. Right. I can't not. Right. I can't not try to like understand and come together. I just, I just fucking like all this like the. Saturday Night Live had a bit this week about the the liberal bubble and joking on it. I fucking love my liberal bubble more and more today. I love it today more than ever. Right. I also think um, the liberal bubble yeah. of uh, of New York City, say, like New York City is New York City is great because it's a microcosm for the planet. Like yeah, you, you take go down to the subway, you go to the subway. That's like that's the world. You man. are yeah. You are not. 
you are not the majority here. Yeah. Nobody is. Yeah. Like they, it is it is every country represented, every race, every creed, every gender. What I love. Um and I so love. I don't know if that's necessarily a bubble, but maybe like America around it is America around it is the bubble yeah. and we're really the planet. Ah. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a difference between, like, a city and a global city. Totally. Absolutely. Um, and New York City is a global city. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if it necessarily, like, the idea... I don't think New York... I mean, I know when I travel, like, when people are just like, where are you from? Most of the time, I say New York City. Yeah. Like, I don't say America first. Totally. Um, it does like, identify you different than... than yeah. Just like, yeah. You know. And it's like, you know, it's like if you ever meet someone from England... Yeah. Um, like the only place I've been to in England is London. And I, I usually hate saying it yeah. because every fucking everyone from England that is not from London is just like, fuck London. Yeah. In, in, that's not representative mm-hmm. of England, which I'm sure a lot of America feels that way about New York City. Oh, no, doubt. Yeah. no doubt. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know. It's kind of true. Like yeah, it's this right. this city is not representative of America as much as it's representative of the planet. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Which so, yeah. is a great thing. That's why I'm here. Oh, of I course. Think that's why you call this home as well. So Yeah. Um Ex- hey, except I was gonna I was thinking considering leaving <laughs> after the hour and a half wait that I was told at, at that I restaurant. I was like, fuck it, I'm <laughs> I done. I see three fucking tables yeah, over there. I'm fucking done. They just thought they should they they should they gotta hide those tables. I know. Let, or at least explain them to right. them. Right. It's like look. You have to wait. Yeah. Is Jay-Z coming? Is is that his table? Just Casey comes. Yeah. Is that it? Um, can, um, can we get you back on this podcast sometime soon? Yes. Actually, I have a whole list Done. of other things I want to discuss with you. Yeah, we got to talk. We got, we got to talk Westworld on, on we do. another one. And uh, our Game of Thrones writer, he wants to do one before next season starts. I want you to come in because you... Uh, Are we... Uh, yeah, for sure, yeah. man. Um, we, maybe even like we could do a Westworld wrap up because that show's kind of blowing my mind. That show is fucking. Something's art, happened man. in this last one, and just like reading all the fan theories and stuff, I think it's running on a deeper level than I even thought. I thought it was running on a deep level. Yeah, I I think I think HBO is there. This is going to be the the replacement for Game of Thrones. Yeah, and there's no telling with. With it, as the fan pace continues to grow, which I think it's going to, and um, there's no telling how many fucking slices of the onion it are going to get peeled. Go so many ways, and there's it's such a uh, it could we don't even know the size of the world like that 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 could be opened up. Yeah, it, as, as the show moves along. So yeah, my girl said that last. Last week, she was just like, "She's like, how big is it?" I'm like, "I don't fucking know, man. It seems pretty fucking big." We have only gotten like just hints and glimpses to the uh, to the world, to the real world that right. they come in from, and it's it's it's. So let's let's do that. Let's do a bunch of other things. But uh, uh, thank you for coming in, man. Thank I you, really, man. I, I really I, appreciate it. Let's the, we'll, you'll you'll be back again soon, okay? Absolutely. Awesome. Thank Th- you. Thanks, brother. Across the margin. Across the margin. Podcast.